0: Good morning, everybody. Um, good evening to those of you who are parts of the world where it's night, good afternoon, and so on. You are tuning in to Culture in Motion twice monthly show here on cable.fM, uh, KBOO Community Radio, Portland, Oregon. Uh, here we talk about the intersections between art, culture, politics, activism, music, um, and things related. To those. And uh I'm your host, Mike Crenshaw. Our co-host, Ryan Danley, is with me. And tonight, uh What's up? hey, today we have a very special guest, uh good friend of mine, uh, artist, activist, um, survivor, survivors, somebody I really admire, and I'm I'm grateful to uh call a friend and comrade Michael Fletcher. michael how you doing, man?
1: All right, man. I'm exhausted. The world is a burning sphere floating through a black void right now. Here we are. <laughs>
2: That's different. How?
1: I've like I oh, well, see, no. The difference is now the fire's blue color. Oh, okay. hotter oh, than it oh, was. Was oh, right. just red and orange. All right. Now we're really kicking in some fuel. <laughs> that
2: was just getting to the hotter
1: part. I got you
0: exactly. The hottest part of the flame is the white part, though, right? It's
1: it's like the bluish, whitish, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the border between the blue and the white? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that little section right there is where. Is that why the police are so angry? Um, absolutely. I mean, I mean that and brown people want to be free. And like that just really pisses off people that are descendants from slave owners. So, you know. I mean, I'm sorry, slave catchers. Yeah. They didn't even have the capital to own them. They just, you know, did the work. Which almost makes it worse in a weird, perverse way. It's like the working class eating itself as a job, but, like, that's the job.
0: So here's, here's something that um, comes to mind. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about your art and how that might intersect with any activism you're involved in. But that said, though, uh, you just inspired this thought, and it's something I think about often. People have been getting lynched, Racist vigilantes are driving their cars into crowds. And it reminds me of what's happened already in history. You know, the lynchings that happened in in days past are just, you know, a, a former reflection of what's happening currently. And I always think to myself, some of these white people out here have to have relatives that might be involved. Oh, yeah. And how do we go about resolving this stuff without using the police? And that's just a question that comes to mind, you know, like, I've had a couple white friends tell me that they have cops in their family, and they describe the kind of thing that those guys are, are, are wrapped up in, and they think that Black Lives Matter are terrorists and all this stuff.
1: So like the law, the, 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 short answer version really is that we need to attack policing as a position and not a person. Okay. Like this is the dilemma with the country we live in. Corporations are literally people. Okay. Why I bring that up is because what we do is we take something that is an object or a system or a group mm. and we personify it. It's like poetry almost in a way. Right. Now, as a poet, my goal when I personify something is to get you to relate to it. Hmm. So the whole reason that when these arguments are being made, whether it be on CNN or Fox or whatever, what they talk about is, well, not all cops are bad people, right? The reason they do that is to distract you from the fact that that's not relevant, even slightly. That has nothing to do with anything at all. In, In fact, quite frankly, the only people saying that are the people being brutalized by the police, okay? And that's a response to trauma, that's what you do, okay? Even though, and I don't know if this is controversial to say, but I find it ineffective because, and solely because, the real dilemma is that there is a position in society where a man or woman can be given a gun and a badge and the right to kidnap people, rob them, murder them, and really have almost no accountability. And even if tried, found guilty in a court of law and then prosecuted, that person can later go on to their union and utilize that to push back against it. It's one of the only times I've ever thought that a union was a bad thing, like one of the only times so that is all to say um the dilemma with those folks who have family members that I have a family member that's trying to get in the place, I think he might already be in um I mean, and I won't I lie to you, unlike whatever good cops there might be. Um, like, my, my family member is kind of an ass. Uh, I won't lie to you. So he fits the description perfect. But we, we have to remember that this isn't about them. Like, it's why I use the metaphor of, like, not the metaphor, but the description of, like, it's like a working class person whose job is to be a class trader. Okay? It's because, like, seriously, like they are. Like, what, like it, what, they're not building capital really? off nothing. They don't invest in stocks and just push paper and accrue wealth. Half of them are as broke as your average Joe at the end of the day. And they uh, are, are po- forcing themselves into a position where they are putting themselves in traumatic headspaces constantly. Best case scenario is they make it home after seeing a bunch of brutal shit. Worst case scenario, they die. Like, that, that position just isn't useful, Clearly. At minimum, the way it exists today isn't useful. And, and so, like, all, all I have to really say to them is I'm like, is, is don't stop taking it so personally. Like, this isn't about your cousin. This is about an institution that exists. That needs to change. At, at minimum, change, if not be fully abolished. I personally believe it needs to be fully abolished. But at a minimum, bare minimum, we need to radically reform it to the degree where it's almost unrecognizable. You know what, sometimes
2: it is about your cousin. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, I hate to say it, but like, like just because we have a personal relationship with somebody doesn't mean that it's, that, that it takes, a, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm sorry that like our our, our emotions are involved, you know? And, and like, we have to like, like sacrifice this emotion, but like, you know, but that's almost like coming from a point of like, like privilege where i get to go okay well this one's okay because it means something to me you know and unfortunately the people on the streets when like when the cop pulls you over you can't go well there could be a good one there could be the bad you know what i mean Like it's like the 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 fear of the bad ones just can never you, you always will outweigh the maybe the couple people it is and so like like you know i just think it's really important for us like you know from where i'm standing if we if we if we have somebody we care about that's a cop It's like, you know, good for you, but like, sorry, you know, sometimes this is a, this is a, this is a tough situation. You know, you, you have somebody in your family that, uh, that has chosen to fight on the side of the oppression. And as you said, like, and be a class traitor. And it's like, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry that that sucks for you.
1: (laughs) Sure. So, and and, and to be clear, it's, it's not to say that it isn't sometimes about your cousin. What I mean is that at this point we're past that. Sure. It's kind of like white, like, like white guilt, for instance, is something that irritates me because it's useless. I don't care that you feel bad. Hey, do you think that my family members care that you? No. Like the people that raised me aren't benefiting from you feeling bad. Dust yourself off. Go grab a shovel. Start digging. No one, no one cares about your feelings at this right. point. We're so far past like whether or not we are living in a healthy society. It's exactly. it's. It's astonishing. It's appalling. Like, it, it, it's actually laughable at this point. That's how disturbing it is. Well, so, for me, it's not a matter of, like, not acknowledging that, yeah, no, like, a majority of them, in my opinion, are naturally authoritarian human beings that have no interest in freedom or the concept of humanity and are probably about three years away from being a sociopath. It's just that it's now relevant to me. Like, I don't... That person is my enemy, whether they were a police officer or not. They are just a nationally fascistic person. I don't need to even acknowledge the fact that they're a cop. They're just a problem, period. But when it comes to policing, it's acknowledging that it's the structure of it, period. Like, whether you're even the best cop is still a cop, period. And that's the
0: problem. You know, what you're making me think of, and, you know... I'm sure some people are gonna identify this as a very privileged thing for me to say, but as a worker, um, if I had a job that not only in my own opinion, in the opinion of those close to me, but in the opinion of a large sector of the the population, which I identified with, um, culturally, intellectually, if I had a job that did damage to to that community and it was very clear and it was it was it was front news I mean you know front page headline uh, main story on the news and it was something that I just couldn't avoid facing I would just maybe get another job yeah no most most of us have worked in in three or four different fields as adults at least you know what I mean
1: yeah. No, I mean, and, and, and there's just so many ways to attack it from. But that's the, what sucks about situations like this is there's not enough time. There's just never enough time. But even, even the way we've structured policing now, like what people don't get is it still is bad. Even, let's say it's good. Let, for the sake of your argument, whoever they are, let's say police are good. Okay, great. Do you know what the success rate is for murder cases? Yeah, and this is cleared cases, by the way. I don't, not the people that don't get caught. These are the ones that get caught, which aren't even the real problem, right? So let's acknowledge that. The murder, the, the clearance case, according to the FBI itself, which mind you means that it's probably a fudge number anyways. So the fudge number is
0: 50%. I think
1: mm. it's either 50 or 45. Mm. We call that an F in this country. I don't know if anybody remembers being in school, but that's called an F. That's called failure. You fail you failed miserably uh you should feel bad about yourself so even even if you're saying that we should have cops they still suck but by their own definition they can't do their own job correctly period there's no art there's nothing to, like that's what makes these conversation so frustrating it's like i'm not arguing with you bud you can either acknowledge facts or not i don't i don't care i'm gonna do what i'm doing but that's that's fact yeah. I saw
2: somebody online i saw somebody online post uh well, what are you gonna do if they defund the police? Who are you gonna call if somebody steals your car?
0: Ghostbusters. You, yeah,
2: right? you ever see the cops come for a stolen car?
1: <laughs> like like when, two hours later, like one two person hours later, shows they up they out a form that. and they
2: leave. I could have done it online. You know, I mean, it's not like 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 half the things that we involve cops in, they don't even need to be there. Like, yeah. I don't need a guy with a gun who's gonna shoot some people out to where my car ain't. You know what I mean? Like I need like (laughs) I just I just flatly need like somebody to fill out the form so I can tell the insurance company. It's not like he shows up and he or she shows up and are like, oh, oh, your car was stolen. Let's let's you know let's call out the let's call out the people and put the put our detectives on it. No, they just tell they fill out the form. What's the what's the point? You know. So I mean,
0: yeah. So so Micah, you're an artist. Uh when I when I first met you, I, I became acquainted with your spoken word. Um I've also seen you as you know play percussion live. Um you recently got into beat making, you're an MC, you're a hip hop artist. How 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 does your art intersect with uh your political views?
1: So it's actually very interesting now that I'm thinking about it, because I'd say my methodology mirrors my uh ideology so like for instance i got into beat making why did i get into beat making because i'm not gonna lie to you it's at least at first this is not fun i'm not enjoying myself there's a lot of knobs levers and things to figure out it's because i need to uh i i need to actually own the means of production in this case it would be literally called production that's what it is right um i because i just i don't i it's awesome that some people can keep doing this, but I can't keep spending 250 on beat. You're out of your damn mind. I don't, like, I make, at best, 16 an hour right now. I'm not going to be able to cover that. So, or, or, so, let me take it back again. Uh, when I'm writing, uh, there's actually a lot of research that goes into my writing. I try really hard to make sure that if I write a verse and I state something that is tangible and real, um, that it is backed up by facts, right? Somebody just analyzed the situation, looked at it, there's stats on it, there's some sort of anecdotal evidence, there's something. Okay. Um because in many ways, I'm finding in a in a really odd sense of the word, uh, I, I treat uh art the same way I, I imagine I would treat journalism. Like I'm trying to spread an idea to other people in a digestible way that they may not have previously been exposed to, you know what I mean? And that's a lot of why I hit my feet. It takes way too long for me to get anything done. Uh, it's just because I'm, I'm one of those freaks that has to do it right, whatever that means.
2: Yeah, I'd love to be able to make beats. That's a, that's a great thing to get into and probably a lot of fun, too. And like, probably just a good way to like, just bury your head for a while.
1: Well, it also really forces you, at least with this genre of music, to learn your history. You know what I mean? Sampling is such a massive part of production. And in order to sample, you have to know what song sounds good, like what part of what song sounds good. So now all of a sudden, you're rolling through like 30 years of soul albums, 20 years of reggae albums, 10 years of jazz albums, whatever, trying to find that one section where like Miles Davis played this really funky run in a solo. Cause you're going to cut that out and that's your melody. And then you're going through like the burning spear, uh, Marcus Garvey anniversary album, trying to figure out which part yeah. of this weird drum section you want. It's, it's so it, it's really interesting. It's a weird process.
2: Probably my favorite roots record. Um, so we kind of change course here as we're we're getting tighter on time. I I don't think we can have you on without uh talking about uh uh the verdict that came down this week and uh um and all the charm he brought to the uh the courtroom continuing on his amazing um um exercise and ridiculousness uh would you like to speak uh, about that to anything and how you're feeling i know that you haven't been really able to talk about this much in the media since then so here's an yeah. opportunity
1: so so i'm really grateful that the court case is finally done because now i no longer feel because i mean i already knew what the defense was going to be man like they were going to try to paint me as some violent activist that was on uh, that was the, like on a trailblaze you know, going after his freedom of speech or whatever, despite the fact that I'm like half a foot shorter than him and probably a few hundred pounds lighter. Um, so basically how I feel is like this has been a perfect example on how to spend a lot of money wasting your time. Uh, it's great. Uh, I learned a lot, first of all, about how court systems work. Like, for instance, the facts are actually irrelevant. Um, even if you prove something, if you like, okay, so for instance, there's a video of the staff. You have almost a 360-degree angle on what happened, especially if the FBI released the tapes they had, which for some reason wasn't shown in court. I don't know why, and I doubt i will ever get a hand, hand on that. But it's, it's the direct cameras from the train. So you can see from the top down from the sides over that this happened the way it happened. Like very clear. I didn't even remember it correctly. I thought I was the first person to touch somebody. No, Jeremy shoved me. I didn't do anything. Jeremy went for deletion I did something. He murdered me. I mean, uh, he tried to murder me and then murdered two people. Okay. Very obvious. Doesn't matter. What matters is convincing 12 people who the entire reason why they are picked is because they are unbiased. What does that mean? It means that they didn't read about the case and they don't really know much about it and they can make a judgment call that is in accordance to the law, whatever that means, because uh, it's actually rather vague. And technically speaking, they don't have to rule for, for the law. They can actually just say, yeah, he did something illegal, but we don't care. And uh, what is that called? Jury notification. They, they can just say, yeah, no, he did it, but we're still not convicting him. Uh, and you can go kick rocks. So like, essentially it's a play, but that's what it is, it's a performance. This is how we run our country. The the fates of millions of people are decided every day by what is, for lack of a better term, a vaudeville act. Okay, so that was one thing. The other thing I realized is just how very clueless we are as to why things happen in the world. Because the most disturbing part for me about uh, the case was the way that he, as a person, was reported on, as if he was some big, like, uh, horrifying terrorist that was directly connected with the Klan and was had, a like, a three-month process built up on how he was going to destroy, like, a bunch of people on a train. It had nothing to do with anything. The man was incredibly uh, ill, mentally, in my opinion, and was clearly a drunk. Why that's important is because that means he did all of that racist madness implicitly. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't something, I'm sure he to some degree knew what he was doing was wrong and racially motivated. But in his mind, it wasn't that big of a deal. And it begs the question, well, where does that come from, right? And the answer very clearly is us. Us comes from us comes from my city the teachers in it the adults within it somehow nobody down the road showed him that the world we live in uh, is broken and in fact taught him that this white supremacy that is the methodology with which we govern dictate laws dictate the way events run et cetera et cetera et cetera uh, is not only acceptable but a virtue, and that, combined with being shot in the face by a cop, it didn't go through his skull, but it ricocheted off and he grazed it, which would still be enough for uh, uh, force to do brain damage. Plus, being shoved into the cycle of homelessness to prison to homelessness to prison, so that he could make I don't want to think about how many how many dollars for the the local government. I mean. To be uh, just to just to be blunt and clear about it uh the the state created a monster didn't put it in a cage, and then it killed a bunch of people that's what happened yes. and it, and it is we We have the studies. we know what putting people in prison over and over again does to them. We know what not teaching children real history does to them it's not a surprise
0: so for those of you who might have just tuned in um and he, we, we didn't do a proper uh, intro when we opened this section of the conversation. Um, some of you might not know uh, about the trial of Jeremy Christian. And that's who we're talking about. Uh, he was just convicted and sentenced um, to do natural life. That means he's not going to get out of prison while he's alive. Um, that's That conversation in and of itself is a whole other thing. You know, Michael, you talked about uh being you know, you what you just described, some might view as having compassion for Jeremy Christian, the man who murdered two people and attempted to murder you, and sure. in fact, almost killed you when he stabbed you in the neck. Um sure. because you describe a societal set of conditions as um the catalyst yeah. for the way he behaved on the train mm-hmm. um so we, we're, we're, we're right now we're in the midst of of national rebellion insurrection uprising protest demonstrations against police terror police violence in the wake of um brianna taylor ahmaud Aubrey and and finally george floyd in the wake of it we've seen more murders uh police are murdering people who aren't getting as much attention as those three that i mentioned um, they're responding to the protests with escalated violence. Um, and there's an unsafe environment in which vig- vigilantism is happening. And we have to wonder if police are going to do any so called police work to resolve some of the vigilante <laughs> violence people driving in a car, driving their cars into protesters, people shooting in the crowds, and so on and so forth. I'm seeing links between this conversation about abolition. Versus reform, um, and how that relates to the police force, mm-hmm. as well as in how it relates to the prison industrial complex, it's
1: because it does directly. Uh, so it is interesting. People don't bring this up, and I don't know why. Or let me rephrase: people have not brought it up when I have had conversations with them about it. Okay. When we refer to police terrorism, that would imply that to some degree the police are terrorists now an interesting thing about terrorism um is that when you're talking about terrorism it breeds more terrorism okay like like there's direct correlation it's why when we talk about the imperialistic army that is the united states army um as much as I have a skewed opinion on the troops, this uh, goes more towards compassion. And that's something I've been dealing with for a long time. But um, like, like, when we bomb, carpet bomb entire cities in entire countries, that is how you breed terrorists, okay? To some degree, this is the same way policing works. When the cops think it's cool or acceptable or necessary, To shoot someone that's running away, that's how you get violent people. Okay. Because they want revenge. Like, all of this crime we worry about is not just due to the society we live in, that being one that values capital over people, but it is also due to the way that we authoritarianly force that system upon people. By that, I mean the police, you know. If you're constantly afraid that some stranger with a gun is going to come into your home, take all of your stuff and remove you from it because you're late on rent, you're probably a lot more likely uh, to do some crazy stuff in order to avoid that happening. Or at least I know I would, right? All of these problems that the media and that our elected officials portray as being problems that are moral are actually products of the way we run things. And so the dilemma that I have is that I actually want it stopped. Like I'm not, like this isn't about morality for me. You can't undo hundreds of years of genocide, violence, and the destruction of culture. You can't. There's no apology you're gonna give that fixes that. What you can do is stop it. And the only way to stop that is to change the way that things run. This is a dilemma. It's the reason why I sound compassionate when I talk about Jeremy. It's the reason why I talk about the cops the way I do is because quite frankly, I don't, the people, not relevant to me. You're gonna get yours. Like, that's what the cops don't get. I've never called the cops. Because, listen if somebody hurts me and I feel the need to retaliate I'm probably gonna I'm not gonna ask someone else to do it if I need to defend myself I'm just gonna do that I'm not gonna ask for permission okay I I believe in actual freedom um oh, damn it what was the point You're talking yeah, about I listen right so like at, at the end of the day when it comes down to it like I'm not super interested in these talks about reforms or what about the good police officers or well he's a monster a la-di-da no no no. i'm about cutting the 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 weeds out of the garden by the root. okay i want the roots gone that's how you get rid of problems like this i want the system of policing gone Mm -hmm. i want it gone i don't know if that's what we're gonna do that's what i'd like Mm -hmm. at a bare minimum i want it gutted to being to the point of being redundant at, Mm -hmm. at a minimum Um, at the end of the day, I don't really care what happens to Jeremy. He was probably going to die violently. Anyways, I want whatever made him to be gone, whatever the combination of poverty and a lack of education and police brutality, in my opinion, whatever that is, that equation that equates to what a Jeremy is. I want that gone. I don't care about Jeremy. He's probably going to die alone and without a single friend to his name. So Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about that. He's going to get his. I've learned that over my life, but that system—it's got to Yeah, that's what I'm interested in.
0: Yeah, for real. Man, well, um, you know, you don't have to uh, talk uh, talk to us past the uh, 30 minute mark just so you can uh, say some profanity. Uh, you said <laughs> a lot, <laughs> Ryan. What, what are you What are you thinking, man? in closing
2: i think we, we got a, uh you know i think uh you know it's a great talk and uh you know these are the these are the things that uh you know that it's uh it's important to us to consider and you know and when, when we you know and it's like you know i mean for me it's i think it's really like good for to hear somebody who with with that direct with that direct like relation with, with the hate in this world that's going on and, and seeing it and, and dealing with it firsthand is to still come with such a, like a, a sobering sort of idea about it. Cause I mean, you are correct. I mean, like, you know, these uh, um, you know, that guy has been around this town for a long time and uh, um, and a lot of us saw him around and knew him, but maybe never took the time or whatever, you know, so to have like that, that sobering, uh, that sobering, um, attitude about it is it is true it isn't just about him and he makes for good theater you know um because Please he's it. because he's interesting you know what i mean and, but that's the media you know what i mean and but uh and um and that's the that's the the point that needs to be made is you know uh and uh, he's clearly a mentally ill person and um, um and unfortunately these are the things beyond even the dangers that happen to them is the danger of the people around them um so yeah, that was a, a good talk. Mike.
0: Thanks for coming down uh, and, and hanging out with us on Culture Emotion, Micah. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you in the streets. And uh, y'all be safe out here. It's a lot going on.
1: Thank you for having me, folks. Take care. Peace. Hey,